left, Jess on his right. Hey, hold up, don't start a fight. He's got you covered with all the sports. Don't fret, he's wearing shorts. It's time for Waking Jake in the morning. Waking Jake at night. Jake sucks. Good morning, Bakers, and welcome to Wake and Jake. Wake and Jake in the morning. Wake and Jake at night. Myself, Jake Ronald Storielli, 32 years old, 185 pounds, 5'7", 5'7", thick, uh, originally Connecticut. We don't need to do all that. We don't need to do all that. What we do need to do is talk about the sports Ended up being a fun sports weekend. Baseball has been getting itself in the streets when it needs to. Um, I think we're going to. I think we're going to get more sad news soon. If if you can't crunch the numbers on it, like they're going to have to delay the next week of games. They've already anticipated that, but that'll be a formal announcement that'll get people a little sad. Probably today. Probably today, and you know they're still not close to a deal. So we're. Uh, Roll back waters, keep on going. I don't know the lyrics to any song ever. Uh, producer, BBD, up in the corner as we come to you live from the Draft King studio in Manhattan. And I'm not sure where everyone is coming from. I guess you could say it in the chat. We do that for live streams. Uh, crazy weather in New York City. A threat of 70 today. Uh with some rain, potentially. So, that's pretty crazy. It was in the 60s yesterday. Took Noodle on a walk to the park. Uh, you know, got recognized by one fan. Not a big deal. Uh, but also, the park was jam-packed because it was, oh, nice day in the city. Winter sucks. Let's get in the park. Uh, so, that was exciting. Uh, in the sports world, baseball did bring us some news. We're going to talk about all that. Uh, the shift, pitch clock, Bigger bases, robo-umps, get the no-no. College basketball, really impressive that the calendar turns March. And you just get wired. We're coming up on conference championship week. Those are always the best. Jealous. Won't be able to see the, the Huskies play in the garden. As we head to Arizona later this week for our fake spring training trip, the Arizona trip, not spring training. Um, so the end of this week is going to be pretty crazy. Uh, excited for that. Had a good weekend. How was your weekend, BBD? It was good. I, um, well, Thursday night went to like a comedy show thing. Um, I haven't seen you since then. Yeah. And, uh, it was bad. It was, mm. they weren't good. It was, you know, it was a nice cheap night. I picked the first place that wasn't coaxing people in with free pizza. Mm. Uh, and this, and these guys should have tried the pizza strategy. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. Uh, and then, you know, there's a small crowd, and then everyone does like, oh, what, what do you do, and whatever. So they have to explain people, and they're like, oh, you podcast stuff. So like, mm-hmm. Do you get paid doing that? It's like, well, yeah, because, like, we're, we're good at it, and not, like, the guy you went to high school with in, in a basement. Wow. And then, so it, was, so it was nice when, like, everybody did the same joke about it, and then, like, right after, I was the only one that got a picture taken with So after. you were targeted. A little bit. Really? It wasn't, like, bad, 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 but, like, everybody had their, like, 
they're like one question about it or whatever. Right. Oh wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah. So it's a. That's interesting. I've never been the target at a. Uh, yeah, I think I still ended up not being like the target. Like there was somebody from another country, and that was easier to riff off. Mm. But it was like <laughs> everyone who did the crowd work eventually got to me. We got a foreigner tonight. Let's rip it up, boys. That's an American stand-up. Um, okay, well, I'm half sorry about that. Half excited for it. It's you. fine. Right after the, all the all of them were waiting to like have people talk to them because you know when that the, the comedy scene. And then, uh, and two two kids like ran up to me after, and were like, "Oh, I listen to Talking Yanks every every wow. week, whatever." So it was like, so that felt good. Whoops. Um, after they had you. done the is that a real job thing? Sure. Um, well, love that BBD. Um, excited to talk some baseball with you. Went to a concert. Might end with the story there. We'll see Ooh. if we get there. Uh, and then, yeah, a little bit of the shooty hoops. Uh, college basketball is taking over. Even NBA is is starting to pique my interest more. Uh, and always I just dip in just a little golf, just to have fun with you guys. Uh, but we'll start off with the baseball. Jill Hempel with a great point in the chat. A good comedy show with BBD. The laughs would be more than the price of admission. Yeah. There's a dude there with a real good laugh at the table next to me. I was like, oh, good, because I'm not breaking those out. Mm. Not getting the giggle tonight. BBD, we did, we got some real baseball news, which was exciting, and we're going to talk about it on Talking Baseball in a little bit, but might as well talk it over with the people and we can lay it out and get everyone's, everyone's thoughts out there. Uh, they got back to the negotiating t- table, MLB and the Players Association. Uh, no real progress on the CBT, uh, the... The tax, that's the main issue. Smaller teams don't think uh, they can compete with the big teams if they keep raising it. Uh, The players and the agents really want them to keep expanding it because that allows their contracts to be signed, etc., etc., etc. And the playoff format, those are still the two biggest issues and they're not really getting addressed. Um, Although there's rumors that the players are fine with the 12-er but not the 14, which the owners would clearly want. And it's also like they—they're not that they're against fourteen, much more than twelve. But like then it's negotiating chips for the next time they got to do this. And right, right. It's all the game. The uh, yeah, it it goes on and on. Uh, but we did get some rumors, which I I think are true, and people have assumed they're true because they would make the game a better product. And that's where, hey. If anything happens in the world, you get a take on it now, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, talking to someone. Uh, it's all about the take. And whenever you get something changing a sport, you get some dramatic thoughts on it. Uh, whether, you know, football, the pass interference penalty, how, how funny that was for a little bit, the pass interference review, that didn't really get anywhere. Um Baseball is talking big changes, some of which we've talked on talking baseball before. Probably not ad nauseum, if I'm using that word right. Uh, I guess the shift. The shift is the big one, uh, and we'll start there, because it's shift, pitch clock, bigger bases, no on the robo-umps for at least a little bit. Banning the shift. Uh, we, we don't have details on this, which is always scary to a degree. 
And let's be honest, uh, we're pretty sure that these rules aren't going to be instituted until 2023. They'd probably do the 2022 season with the rules you're familiar with. We'll see how all this develops. I mean, you can make it up on the fly when you got a new contract in front of you. So we'll see what happens. But the big one is that it seems both sides are up for banning the shift. Uh, we've had about a decade now of shifting. I mean... As we know it. Yeah, I mean, there's the traditional lefty shift that really picked up, and then it started sweeping the league as the Rays got more advanced with it and a lot of these other teams looking for advantage that, you know, we saw the right-handed shift and we've seen four guys on one side of the infield. We've seen, uh, we've seen what, like six guys start with their feet in the outfield. So... It seems both sides are up for banning the shift, which I, I do think will be good for the sport. I, I am so interested to see the rules around it. Uh, it seems like the rules would be something along the lines of you need two guys on each side of second base. That seems to be the easiest <clears throat> rule that I guess hasn't leaked out, but it, it's kind of what people are trying to make sense of. Uh, the other thing that would come with that is your feet have to start in the dirt. Uh, so if it was, you need two guys on each side of second base and their feet need to be in the dirt, it would significantly change the product we see today. Um, and it was always the thing that drove me nuts with the shift because me and BBD were talking and laughing before this because Joey, Joey Gallo was trending. Yeah, on the, I think it's still up. Uh, I, well, I can't read it on on my Twitter current. Oh, there it is. Yep, still on the trending thing. Sure. Uh, Joey Gallo, for example, or any big lefty pull hitter. And if you watch baseball at all, you see it, you've seen it on a nightly basis. You put that second baseman deep in the outfield. You bring the shortstop over, you bring the third baseman somewhere near second base. Uh, you've eliminated the left side of the field. And these are big left-handed hitters that are paid to hit home runs. So they try to hit home runs. And if they ground one to that side of the infield, it is essentially an out. There has been for the past... Five, eight, ten years, whatever it is now. That is going to be a significant change. I, I was always shocked. And again, I say and again a lot, and that's okay. <laughs> but it's because we talk a lot, so I feel like I need to say and again. I'll try to cut it down. There are guys in baseball that I do feel needed to adjust their hitting style a little bit. Uh, guys that aren't really maulers trying that if you're getting shifted on, hey, try to find a fastball away and put the stick on it and put it over there. If they're giving you that, you should take it. You are not of the caliber of someone that should be getting fully shifted on. That being said, I fully understand hitting a baseball is the hardest thing to do in sports. That's a lot easier said than done. I do think some people's skill sets could have adjusted a little better to the shift. But where hitting's at... It's not the priority at all. And Jimmy has has been on this part from the start because it's, it's always been said baseball corrects itself. Uh, and they thought the game that was going to happen with shifts. It is not. Um, teams aren't going to stop shifting because it's productive. Um, that was a big part of the Braves' run, I believe. The Braves started shifting a lot more in their defensive Numbers went through the roof, uh, and I mm -hmm. think there's a funny, uh, 
think there's a funny clip because Brian Snicker didn't know about it. Um, <clears throat> he's just like, oh, really? So, again, <clears throat> what does a manager do? Anyways, <laughs> it's interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see where the rules actually land because uh, the other thing that's been big for me is the outfield. I love outfield defense. Um, I don't know if there's a good way that you can really, you know, what we just said with the infield. Your feet need to be on the infield and two people on the side of the back. So what does that mean? I mean, you're still going to see shifts of sorts. You know, you might see a a first baseman and a second baseman play deeper with the shortstop all the way up against second base. That's fine. That adds some strategy. Like, I'm I'm into that, and it makes sense instantly. Shifting in the outfield, that's really tough for me to picture without lines on the field, and putting lines in the outfield is basically a sin in my head. So I don't know if they're even going to try to adjust that uh, because the beauty in defense and why it was getting eliminated to a degree is these guys are incredibly talented athletes that aren't getting to show off their talents properly. Um you know what's cooler than Kevin Kiermeyer standing in right field, right center field and catching a fly ball that he was shifted for? It's him starting in center field and tracking it down. I realize there's more risk for error there if you're the Rays or whatever team Kevin Kiermeyer ends up on last year of his contract. But it's part of what's been hurting the product of baseball. Uh, if you get rid of the shifts, you should see a lot more base hits, which is runners on which hopefully leads to more base running, which we'll get to some bigger bases in a second. But I was surprised when that tweet came out yesterday and they said they would be banning the shift. How excited I really got. Because we have talked about it on Talking Baseball a lot. I'm sure we've talked about it on here a lot. Talking Yanks. uh, A lot of baseball that we talk about. When that was announced, I was was happier than expected. Because it is a change that the game needs. And I, I think it's going to land in a good spot. I wonder if the first iteration of these rules is the last or if it's going to continue to evolve uh, because it is complicated. I mean, uh, like I said, with the outfield, we'll see how teams try to manipulate the rules in the infield. I've always thought it would be hilarious if defensive players got running starts. Like, can a shortstop get a running start towards second base and then end up on that side of the shift? I don't know. Does that set up really cool plays? Does that set up pure baseball chaos? Does that look ugly? Does that look hilarious? I don't know. I don't know. But like when we talk about with the CBA, owners use the CBA to find every advantage they can get and use that to make their <laughs> to make more money and to make their team as good of a product as they can. MLB teams take the rules of baseball and try to manipulate them as much as they can to improve their team, whether it be shifting, whether it be um, whatever rules you can take advantage of, they will. Uh, That banning the shift is going to be a good thing. I'm very interested to see when the final rules come out what they look like. Um, Because, yeah, it, it has been hurting the product of baseball, and it... You know, baseball is not going to turn into the 1980s, like choke up the bat, poke the ball, put it in play, hope you find a hole, hit it where they ain't. It's it's not going to be that. But man, how many times in recent year have you seen a ball 
whacked up the middle, and you've just seen that be a hit in baseball for 120 years, and then the shortstop's there, they step on second, they throw to first. Um, not to say I don't like defense, but... You want it to be a cool play if they're going to make that play. Yeah, so that's, again, that's where things get tricky because does banning the shift with everything I just talked about eliminate that play? I don't think so because I think a shortstop could essentially still start from right behind the second base back. So, I mean, are we going to put dots on the field where guys need to start? That's not going to work because what about third baseman that needs to cover a bunt? He can't just be in one position. So, are there lanes? I have no idea. Um, I have no idea. I do think... It should lead to a better product. What uh, what what shift stuff do we think I'm missing? BVD. Yeah, I mean, part of uh, I think the the elation would be the a strong word for how you, how we felt seeing it yesterday. But I'll use it. Um, like I, I just didn't expect that to be litigated this CBA. So it was just oh, we're getting we're getting that now. Um, so that's cool. Um. Bigger picture about like specifics of the rule because of the things you said. Like, how do you decide what exactly what like the positioning rules are? I'm very open. I'm, I'd be very much in favor of like the four feet on on the dirt or two feet on the dirt rule because that's easy to to you know see um, spots. I just don't know how they're gonna work up the verbiage for it. Um, yeah, and that's that's where I guess as I talked my way through this, I this is going to be the first iteration and teams are going to abuse whatever comes out from that. And, and there may be another twist to it. Um, cause it does get tricky. Cause think, you know, what does shifting mean? Uh, as I just give you Merriam Webster's definition, no, but going back to what we liked in baseball or what we thought was acceptable used to be like no doubles defense, move the outfield back third base and first base guard the line. Uh, like that's not something you want to get rid of, because uh, that's yeah. that's like strategy the right way. Like so, still, it's not trying to eliminate scouting reports. No, mm-hmm. it's it's just uh, I would much rather give up this than this. So d- does stuff like that come more into play? I was always shocked that more teams didn't do that because of how how much teams didn't care about a single or a walk with giving up the bunt hit and things like that. Uh, I don't know. I, I think, you know, I, I see some people in the chat now talking about s- some different things. <sighs> people don't like change. I, I get that. I get that. Uh, and this, again, this is a significant thing. Like limiting where guys can be positioned. I, I get why that's scary. I think for the end product of the sport, it's a good thing. And you just got to be honest with yourself. It wasn't going to change. It wasn't going to change. So if you're a person that said, you know, why didn't players just, you know, shoot shoot the ball more and stuff like that, pitching's too good. I, I know I even said that, and I just, I think some guys could have changed their approaches a little bit to get some better results. Could have gotten more of it than we did. Like, you know, I, there were lefty speed hitters that were getting shifted on. I think my guy Tyler Wade was getting shifted on. And when you have his speed... If you see any fastball and just try to get it that way, I think that can do incredible things for you. Uh, so again, it, it's not a consensus. It's not how every player should have been doing it. Um, 
And then, yeah, the uh, the trickier side of this is really... Because baseball hitters are going to try to hit a baseball. They're going to try to hit home runs. That's not going to change. There's only so many hitters that have the true back control to see a shift and navigate it. The DJ LeMayhews, um, you know, Michael Brantley, the the pure, the purest of contact hitters. Uh, the defense, though, I, I always loved that, and I think I first fully realized it when we had Bob Costas on, and he talked about this. Because there's so much debate about the product of baseball and how good it is. Blah, blah, blah. The athletes are better than ever. Byron Buxton uh, would be uh, an urban legend of sorts if he played in the 70s. Hmm. Uh, a lot of guys had beer bellies. I don't, you know, I don't want that to be shots fired. And you know what? I think those beer bellies help those guys play 150 games a year. Anyways, Byron Buxton can run like few people I've ever seen. Watching him patrol the outfield is one of my favorite things to do. When I get a twin series and he's healthy, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he's going to track down. The shift takes away from that. Because uh, instead of Byron Buxton playing a true center field, like I talked about with Kiermaier, when that ball goes in the gap, that should be the rush of all rush. Like, that's baseball in its purest form. Will the outfielder get to that ball in the gap? How many of those have been taken away? How many doubles in the gap have been taken away by the shift? A lot. A lot. So, again, how are they going to rule this? We'll find out over time. <laughs> it's, uh, it gets tricky with verbiage, and, uh, and teams will, again, try to abuse it. So, that's the shift talk. I, I do think that's the biggest one. The pitch clock is fun. We, uh, we talked about it in the Weekly Dumb a little bit. Teaser. Um, I've seen 14 seconds and 19 seconds come around. It, it's definitely one of those things when it happens, there's going to be a bunch of eyes on it, and then it should fade into the abyss. And you wonder if baseball ever becomes a pure enforcer of it. You know, if we're talking about high leverage, eighth inning, the setup man is on, and it's a 2-2 count, I don't think we need pitchers and players staring at the clock. Uh, you know, I, I think... It, it's one of the beautiful things in baseball that's gotten lost in this, you know, pace of play baseball conversation that the buildup for a big pitch is awesome. When it's that 3-2 count, runners on second and third, you know, leadoff hitters up, star relievers in, and that 2-2 pitch just missed this, he gets the ball back from the catcher and you're looking around and you're like, oh, man. This is a huge pitch. Let's see. It's it's the conversation of baseball. It's what John Boy croons about a lot. That, you know, to talk about, well, he just threw the slider. Does he go back to it? That's been his best pitch this inning. It's not his best pitch this year. Should he try to find that sinker? He hasn't been able to get the sinker in. Like, those conversations that you have as you watch baseball, the pitcher and the catcher are mentally having on the field. The hitter's walking through the same thing. So as long as... When that gets implemented, guys in the minor league have already been dealing with it. Um, you know, 19 seconds can be a long time if, if that's where the clock lands. And as long as we're not, you know, staring at that and trying to do buzzer beater pitches, I think that's a good thing. Um, I've always wondered where they would put the clock because I think if you were a pitcher looking at the shot clock, I think that would affect the game. 
I think if there was right behind the batter, a pitcher saw a clock ticking down to three seconds, and they're like, all right, I got to throw this ball. I don't know. I just think that would lead to some panicked panicked pitches. Um, yeah. I th- I, I ideally, think, this would blend in. Yeah, and most of the guys playing right now have experienced it in one way or another. And I, I think in the minors, like if you're up against it, you, you can just step off and it resets or whatever, and you're and you're fine. But uh, but it would bring just that just a little bit more urgency to it and pick up the pace enough. Yeah, I mean it's, and that's the thing that makes it so funny is that. <laughs> Again, a third John Boy reference. I like him. Good guy. Uh, you know, one of the things that he gets the maddest about is that the narrative that baseball is slow has come from the commissioner's office. <laughs> like, they've created this rumor um, that really this speed clock, best case scenario, speeds up the game like eight to 10 minutes, which true baseball fans don't really care about. Uh, if it can clear up the riffraff of a couple guys in the league that are slow, um, it'll help. It'll help. Um, but yeah, and again, let's go back to the best way to manipulate the rules. If a guy throws over to first, I'm assuming that resets the clock. So our guy's going to throw over to first more. Uh, so you never know how the ripple effects are going to truly land. Uh, I hope that's not how it works. Um, the non-competitive throws over to first make me pretty mad. Like, if you're trying to pick someone off, cool. I get that. A cool, a good pickoff play is awesome. The lollipop throws to first. Those bother me a little bit. And now I'm wondering, you know, if you get a 19-second shot clock, are we going to see more of that? And you wonder, again, first iteration of the rules, does that lead? I dreamt up one day, I think, limiting throws over to first, or maybe I read an article. I shouldn't take credit for that. Um, I know one of the minor leagues, I, th- I think that was one of the right, right, right. this year. Yeah, that's me taking credit for that. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, definitely not, dude. So, yeah, uh, and that's where baseball does have a pretty big advantage on the other leagues. We always talk about how weird minor league baseball. You have the perfect testing ground, and you have, like, how many minor leagues are there? There's like five levels, and there's and two of each league, basically. Yeah. So basically, you have ten leagues that you can test dummy things on. Uh, there's also the independent leagues. You have so many testing grounds where football, I mean, college football, high school football, they're different games. I mean, baseball, at the end of the day, kind of turns into baseball. Like, when you... You could go watch a JV baseball game around the country, and it it looks a lot like baseball. Um, yeah, the, them not being as skilled, it's still the same game. Where like you watch guys that can't play basketball as well. It's a it's a different watch completely. Right. right. Uh, your defensive strategies in basketball have to change when based on what they can do. When the tallest guys are five ten. And can't dunk. And then when you play NBA basketball and John Morant, watch your head. Watch some of his highlights again this weekend. He's getting to a silly place. Love me some Ja. Uh, So pitch clock, again, shouldn't really be that big of a deal. We'll see. I, I, You know, that thrown over to first thing. Like, you think guys aren't going to do that to reset the pitch clock? I, I 
think they're allowed to just step off, at least in the minors. Like they don't have to do a throw over. Right. So are we going to see more of that? Yeah. I don't know. I don't it's know. Be... Hopefully it can get pitchers in a better rhythm. Because I, I will say this. When we did our 1980s rewatches, pitchers were getting the ball, catcher dropped it, and they were twirling it. And it it, it was a more active watch. It was good. It, it was good. Uh, bigger bases. This is one. This is the one that's really been getting me and somehow isn't really being discussed, I feel like. So are you not into bigger bases? Not really. Okay. I mean, I, I just, I'm just curious it, what their goal is. Yeah. So I believe, because we have talked about this on Talking Baseball previously, another thing where the minor leagues have done this, I believe the bases are two inches bigger at whatever minor league level they've been doing yeah. this. Um. I've seen some people really hot about this. Uh, for me, I'm not. I mean, it's one of, like I don't think I'll actually care, but in in theory, I, f- I feel like I mean, how many bang bang plays do you see if it's two inches bigger? Right. That's we're, we're just changing stuff, and that's where the hope is. And again, I know they did this at a minor league level, so I'd have to find some of the stats on it. But the hope is that there's increased base running. Um, if you can get. Okay. It's 5% more likely is steals so, successful. So if you can get bag is two inches bigger, you can get a two-inch bigger leadoff first, and you have to travel two inches less. No, that doesn't seem like a lot. Four inches a lot for some people, okay? I would, some would say too much. I've been told plenty of times it's too much. How about too much? But um, plenty. I think it would lead to increased base running and... It also has the chance for, I think, increased defense just slightly. Like if a second baseman shortstop have more bag to step on, I think that would be it. And I guess the other thing that doesn't get me really hot and bothered about this at all is the idea that when I played baseball, let's deep dive, you'd show up to a field, you know, again, some of the elite high school baseball fields of Western Connecticut. When you showed up, you didn't know what bases you were getting. Some had the rubber ones that went in the ground. Some had the like, I'm trying to think of it. They were just like poofy. They were almost like pillows Hmm. that like kind of stuck into the ground a little bit. They'd come off a lot. Like how many times those affected the game were never. We're never, and that's, we're playing with the same bases. It's not like we're making them comically large. Like, baseball could have done this, and I think nobody would have noticed. Like, I don't, baseball could sneak this in. Like, let's let's put it in the CBA and tell no one, put the bigger bases out there and see who notices first. Because hmm. I really don't think anyone does. I mean... If if the ball hits the bag, what are we gonna say? Like, and by the way, this will happen, and then I will be mad about it because a Red Sox third baseman will hit a ball off the first base bag, just the corner of it, and I'll say that's bullshit. That bag should have never been that big, <laughs> but that's because I'm trying to win that game. Uh, I don't think a baseball player has ever shown up to the stadium. And they've looked at the bases and they've said, this will decide the game. 
so I guess that's where I I just don't get too bothered about it. And, and I and I, another effect of it, I guess, is there's like le, like legitimate player safety stuff, especially at first base. There's collisions and whatever when you're running through, so it's a little more surface area to work with there. Um, obviously not the goal goal, but another effect. Um, so I like it from that perspective. I just don't. I, I'm curious if it if it'll change stuff too much. It probably won't. But it, in theory, it's it feels like we're changing the distance of ba- of the bases now. So it's the one that I'm the I'm the least in on. Slash, the, if it really feels like they snuck it in there. Yeah, and I I guess there's some. So I saw a jaded in the chat, and I was just gonna go there. The softball base at first base has been in discussion. Um, and some people get hot about that, and like I get that a little bit, because uh, it looks entirely different. It kind of changes the dynamics of first base. I think it's a get you get a little older, because I see young me hating that. No, there's a base at first base. That's what we do. End of end of convo. Now older me is like a, is like okay so. We're gonna reduce collisions at first base. Like, what does the what would a double bag at first base actually do? How many times that one? It it might mess with a first baseman once or twice a year when first basemen do that. They they reach across the bag to make the play over there. Maybe it does become more dangerous. I have no idea because maybe there's more base. So they think they have more ground to cover, and that makes it more dangerous. I have no idea. If they went double base at first, I wouldn't mind. So again, maybe I'm on the deep end of the spectrum right now because I think that would clean stuff up. Don't have base runners that, you know, some of these guys can run faster than MLB players have ever running full speed into a first baseman that might have to reach up the line. I don't know. I don't know. But that's why they test these things at the minor league levels. Um, and I don't, as far as we know, that isn't in the rules yet. Um, so I don't think we have to worry about that. Final baseball topic, no robo-umps. Um, at least for now, or at least for the first two years, I think they said. Which, again, how are mm. we getting some of these details? Or maybe John Heyman's not, even. Or maybe he is, but... That's a problem in and of itself. Anyways, it feels like the technology is just a little off, whether you're watching your normal broadcast or if you check into the Sunday night broadcast. Um, You want to make sure the technology is right. And then the question really transitions to, you know, over time, over time, let me tell you about the strike zone. The strike zone is supposed to be home plate. What is it, a pentagon? What shape's home plate? Home plate's a, a pentagon. Crush that. Get at me, shapes. The pentagon, if you raised it up, made it three-dimensional, and I mean it was originally knees to knees to nips, it's getting closer to that. We're seeing more high fastballs. Home plate has changed a lot over time. Uh Watch the Greg Maddox highlights, David Cohn, as they just push further and further off the plate. That being said, they didn't get pitches at the belly button. That was clearly high. 
Now we're seeing the high fastball call. Robo-umps feel like they need to get a step better technology-wise. And I think baseball needs to ask themselves the question of, is that three-dimensional plate what we really want? Because I know symbolically that has been the strike zone for years. But it comes back to manipulation. Big manipulation pot. How are teams going to manipulate the new rules? How are owners going to manipulate the CBA? Pitchers, if you get that three-dimensional strike zone that's nips to knees, know how many high-looping curveballs you're going to see? It's going to start looking like blitz ball. Because if you can clip that back inch of the zone as the ball is coming down over the plate, so think about that. You're standing in the batter's box. I'm putting on a display right now on the YouTube. You're standing in the batter's box. You know, you've probably got your foot in the back of the box. Let's think about that. But it could kind of, a big curveball could cross, you know, maybe your left front shoulder and then come down really sharply and clip that nip. Hashtag clip that nip. Pitchers are going to find a way to manipulate that. What about the front end of the strike zone? I just mentioned that people stand back in the box. If you have a sinking fastball, or hell, let's go back to the curve, and you can nick that front part of the zone, and however it is read by a computer or whatever technology we're doing, by a computer or whatever technology we're doing, pitchers are going to figure out how to do that. And then what does that do to the product? I don't know. I don't know. I'd be interested to find out. I do. I am Team RoboUmp at some point. I I don't think we're there. Although, you know, Jimmy, fourth reference, my cricket guy, has been showing me some of the technology they use there. Like, I think the technology does exist. Uh, I do think the conversation I just had is what the players and the owners are a little scared of. They still don't know the net result of what happens and the timing of it. And are we, is the ump calling the pitch and then we're looking at the scoreboard? Is the scoreboard just announcing the pitch? How does it work? We will get there. We will get there. Um, but yeah, any robo-ump BBD? Yeah, I mean, it seems like it'll it'll happen eventually and I think the union's rejecting it for now. Probably... I mean, one, because it, we just haven't seen enough of it in, in gameplay yet in the lower levels of, of minor leagues and stuff, but also there's probably some, like, union solidarity stuff. Umpires have their own union. and Unions support each other. I'm sure that's not nothing. Mm. But, uh, I don't know, eventually we'll get there. That's not nothing. Uh, that's the baseball talk. We're going to be talking a lot of the similar stuff. Myself, Trev, John, fifth reference and BBD on talking baseball after this. Um, excited to see the updates from baseball. Like I said before, you know, we're going to get another cancellation and how much drama is that going to bring? We shall see that won't stop us from going to Zona. So excited for that later this week. Uh, BBD this time of year, College basketball 
truly takes over. I think this was a big weekend for it because it's kind of like a, I think this is college basketball's not rivalry weekend, but, you know, Michigan played Ohio State. Duke played North Carolina. Um, the big Houston-Memphis game that everyone's talking about this weekend. Um, Arizona-Cal, you, you get a grouping of them. Texas-Kansas, Kentucky-Florida, Indiana-Purdue, like per don't. Um, you get a lot of good games this weekend that lead you into the conference tournament. You're starting to see some of the big shots drop. Um, there was almost a crazy one in Kansas that was a half second late that a guy banked in, and it's it's just that time of year. And there's, I don't know if there's literally something in the air. I don't know if it has to do with the seasons changing. I don't know if it's college athletics, wherever it lines up. It's awesome. Uh, I got to watch some of the college basketball this weekend. North Carolina Duke, uh, the Coach K stuff. I am a Duke hater. I grew up a big UConn fan while Coach K and his his shined haircut was kind of at their prime. And Duke had these hated players and UConn and Jim Calhoun. I mean, I was brainwashed into that. Always dislike Duke. Um, in Coach K's last game at home, I'll, I'll say this. I have a little bit of a heart. Um, <laughs> tough to go out like that if you have no idea. Um, you know, they had 80 Duke alumni basketball players in present. I think it was the most expensive college basketball ticket ever. Uh, they plan to do a big thing before and after the game. So first of all, broadcast-wise... Um, the start of the game gets delayed because Texas and Kansas goes into overtime. So you literally miss tip-off, which just low-key hilarious. Um, and then Duke goes up. UNC hasn't been great this year. They've been better lately, I should say that. Um, and they're going to be ranked now, and they're I, I bet you North Carolina is a scary team come tournament time, which is a week. Uh, Carolina down a bucket at the half, which by the way, Duke was up like nine and then let Carolina back to end the half. And then they put up a 55 burger in the second half. They beat Duke 94 to 81. Their stud player is Armando Baycott. Um, I don't think he's a big draft prospect. I could, someone correct me if I'm wrong. He's, he's not a shooter. But he is grabbing 12.5 rebounds a game, 16.5 points. And he, uh, I think people would be mad to hear this because he's 6'10". So I'm not even going to say it. I was going to say he's got some Charles Barkley in his game, but I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. Sorry to all the Charles Barkley fans. Um, North Carolina played the their whole starting five the second half. So I think, you know, they're one of those teams that's fun. And as we talk brackets probably next Monday. Uh, man, they have a starting five. They might not have the depth, which would surprise you with a North Carolina team, but they're going to become a sexier and sexier team come tournament time, like my UConn. Um, I'll probably put a little pause in the college basketball. Nebraska upsets Wisconsin after their big win. Conference tourneys. Really kicking the gear this week. We had a couple last week, I know. Um, but 
the big ones will get going, and they are, you know, a lot of college basketball people, these are some of their favorite games of the year. You get teams playing a third time. Um, you know, if you've got juniors and seniors in the game, these are teams that have played each other six, seven, eight times in their college career. There's a lot of feelings there. There's a lot of emotions. Uh, and it's the mystery magic of March. Uh, so get ready to enjoy it as we lead up a week from today. We're going to have brackets out and talking about it. Um, so excited for that. I'm trying to think what else we got. I said BBD's three tips for a healthy libido in the tweet. Notice that. Any thoughts? All the people know. Okay. I've been putting those out. Okay. Follow BBD for that. Uh, Tom Ace, Biggie's tourney, fun watch. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm really, my UConn Huskies ended up in the American Conference for a while, and uh, it was a disaster. Um and I was pretty excited to go to the Big East Tournament. But going to Arizona, last time I'll tell you guys that. Last time I'll be mad about it. Disappointed, not mad. Which maybe that's worse. Which maybe that's worse. Uh, NBA is starting to get to a fun area. I think college basketball will kind of pass the baton to NBA, especially depending where baseball's at. Could be a huge win for NBA. Um, teams are starting to go. LeBron puts up a casual... 50-burger? Yeah. 50-burger on Coach K Day. A lot of people making jokes around that because LeBron is a pseudo-dookie or likes to pretend to be. Uh, Tatum puts up a 54 this weekend. Jokic scores 30 in the fourth in overtime to get going. Uh, The Miami Heat are supposed to get Oladipo back. I know we've teased that. I, uh... The NBA season is going to start getting really fun as we see teams actually care about their playoff standing uh, as we wind this season down. A lot of these super teams try to get some unity going and playing together instead of just um, off nights. Uh, I think college basketball will will start passing the baton as we start dreaming of some of these guys that will be playing on the next level. And uh, BBD's Knicks with a nice late-night win last night. Uh, ruined a big parlay for me, but I did hedge, so I ended up making money. But would have been nice. Well, would have been nice if I picked the Knicks, but I didn't think they were going to get the clips last night. Um, anything else in the league? Anything else basketball? I think we're there. Yeah, I don't think so. Knicks Kings tonight. How about it? Ten thirty. Uh, hockey, huge hockey show. All right. BBD, let's go to the comment of the day. Bakers, you guys are the absolute best. I asked you guys to bake the algorithm, and you have been. Some good numbers recently. Uh, last episode was titled, Baseball is Sad. Uh, as the lockout was more and more official by the hour. Uh, I gave my crazy house analogy that was weird. Um, my guy Chris said that house analogy was the best explanation I've, I've ever seen from the lockout. You might want to listen to some more analogies. <laughs> it was okay. I got there. The, the leasing agent and brokers. I, I don't know. It got a little weird on me. Um, Cooper S and a lot of the baseball people are trying to drive this home. 
I work in AAA production. Apparently, we're going forward forward with games simply without the 40-man as far as we know. Minor League Baseball will be happening mid-April. So if you live near a minor league team or whatever it is, go support them. Go get your dose of baseball. Uh, Let's see. DJ Carner wants a please start talking golf. Players and masters coming up. Um, We'd love to get a golf person. You got a golf person that fits John Boy Media's voice and wants to work in New York City, let us know. Uh, Casey Robbins, a shout-out to the intro music. Sam Emily, it's my dog's birthday today. He's a big fan. So, happy birthday to Sam Emily's dog. Uh, and Drake Suze asks, off topic, but did you take part in watching Euphoria? I have not. I have not. Have you, BBD? I watched season one like three years ago when... That came out, and I haven't watched the new season yet, but I just finished a couple other shows, so probably soon enough I'll I'll be doing my season two. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I haven't done it yet. Feels a little weird for me. It's like high school sex a lot. Yeah. Just doesn't feel relatable for 32. me. 32. I don't... Not having a lot of high school sex. But, uh, long story short... Thank you guys for baking the algorithm. Hit the like button, leave a comment, share with a friend. Uh, You know, we like to have some fun here and talk sports. So if you know people that are into that, keep sharing the gospel up to 519 subs. Thank you. Thank you guys. You are the best. Which brings us to the bro of the night. Bro of the night, originally, just to reward a guy or a lady with a standout performance of stuff, of stuff, of sorts. Um, I'll do a double quick, uh, my guy, Scotty Scheffler, I picked him in my one and done. I think I said that last week and Jake. So I'll start giving out my one and done picks earlier. Although it's tough on Thursday. That's when the tournament normally starts. He won his second ever career event and I picked him. So like that, uh, he was putting really well. He was doing everything else off awful, not awful. He won the event, uh, but he was struggling. He was scrambling. It was a fun watch. Uh, and yeah, like, uh, like the comment, one of the comments of the day said golf's hitting a fun spot. The players tournament's iconic. Um, and obviously the master. So I, again, I'd recommend for you every year you get older. That's facts. Golf gets a little more entertainment at this tournament down the stretch. A guy hit an Eagle to take the lead double bogeyed the next hole. The pressure and drama of golf is really real. And when you get into it, it's a really fun product. Um, you know, I, I think like baseball, you know, you're probably going to get away from it during some of your college years or you're younger, and that's fine. Uh, but to pick it up on a Sunday, and it's kind of relaxing, but it's competitive, it's really nice. Go get into the golf world. Shout out to Scotty Scheffler. And my guy, Tom Ace, he said this. Um my guy Igor in net for the Rangers. Uh, best save percentage in the NHL in 50 years. So it's a hockey pod. It's a hockey pod slash I've been betting it uh, just blindly. But uh, go Igor. I love a good goalkeeper. Henrik Lundqvist was in studio on MSG. And apparently he's going to be doing some of that the rest of the way. So that's cool. That's cool. Handsome, hot. If you're a Rangers fan, get into that. So... A uh, a little double double for me. What do you got, peeps? Yeah, Cam Reddish dropped seventeen points. It's not him. 
Um, Duke. Last night, Jokic. Yeah. Triple-double. Finishes 46, 12, and 11. 30 of those in the fourth quarter in overtime. And the Nuggets are good. And I think Jamal Murray's going to be back for the playoffs and everything, so... It's uh they're a good team. He's a good player. BBD, I know we've been we've been trying to get better on our pre-production. When the NBA playoffs get here, I want to be full on excited and know all about where Jamal Murray's at and where Victor Oladipo's at and you know, uh, teams that have turned it on and everything like that. So we we definitely need to line up an NBA guy, maybe Taco Trey or someone else. Get him back in, lock us in, catch us up for the playoffs. That's our guy. Um because I do think the NBA playoffs are going to be electric. The the NBA, I mean, the start talent and the teams and the standings will surprise you. The Minnesota Timberwolves are playing a good brand of basketball. I like that. Yeah, um, that's weird. I've I've always liked D'Angelo Russell. Uh, we're a little tighter to Carl Anthony Towns nowadays. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, that you know, I I think that's where the NBA is beautiful. That you could turn on. If the playoffs started tomorrow, and let's say the seedings stayed the same, um, I just clicked back too far. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves will play the Golden State Warriors. Guess what? That'd be a fantastic watch. That'd be great. Uh, Clay's still figuring out his stuff. Sometimes the Golden State team looks a lot uglier than you'd imagine. They have the same record as the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, sons of like. Full pulled away with best records. Yeah, so. they're they're nasty. They got beat by the Bucks over the weekend. Yeah. Reminder, that was your NBA Finals last year. True. The Suns also don't have their two best players. Yeah, which is book, tough. booked in a play. Um, but yeah, I, I mean that's NBA. There's really no reason for me to go through this right now. But um, right now, the Heat are the one seed in the East, and the eight nine playing game would be Hornets and Nets. Uh, Heat, if they have to play Kevin Durant in the Nets first series, that would be insane. Sixers, Harden and Embiid, Bucks, defending champs, Giannis, Middleton, Drew Holiday, the resurgent Bulls, they're fun. Zach Levine. Um, DeRozan's going to get MVP votes this year. Lonzo, he's a Bull, right? Yeah. The Celtics, Tatum, um, Jalen, Cleveland, up and coming. You'll know more about Garland and some of their guys soon. Jared Allen, the Raptors, Fred Van Fleet show. Okay, I'll stop. Um, the West is just so stacked. Next thing. Luca, Donovan Mitchell, John Morant, Memf- Memphis Grizzlies versus the Denver Nuggets. That would be awesome. And this is what the NBA does. So, enough of that. We will definitely have to circle. Pax and Helprod in the chat. I can help with some NBA. Okay. Okay, Pax. Um, all right. I think we have to wrap it up. We got a, we got a little caught up in the weekly dumb. Why not? Uh, but we still ripped off a hell of an up here. So I believe we have a special lineup slash draft coming up for Thursday. Um, I think it's going to be pre-recorded. It's definitely going to yeah, be pre-recorded. We're, we're flying. Um. And yeah, I think uh, we'll see. There might be a plot twist to it. I think our guy Foolish Baseball is going to be here. There might be another baseball guy that's around, so maybe we do something something even crazier there. Um, we will see. We uh, For now, we'll kick it. Talking baseball coming up in 10, 15 minutes. Talking Giants guys have been running nuts. Talking football, combine stuff. Hey! 
Uh, G-Men, Mike Lennon not getting the franchise tag. Thank God. Uh, John Boy Jake TV, we've been doing a ton of GeoGuessr. People love it. We have fun. It's getting to a nice rhythm. Chris Rose Rotation, Steven Gralt is back. That's exciting. We might see him in Arizona. Uh, Farm to Fam always rolls out. The breakdowns, again, are starting to really pick up some steam. Thank you, guys. Let's have a great week. Bake the algorithm. We'll see you guys. You guys are the best. We love you. Bake it. Bake me. Jake me. Cake me.